Hi guys, this is Justin Bridges, and this is Mind Transforming Revelation. <sighs> the title of this page says, The Pool of Bethsaida. John 5, 6-14 There was a man waiting by the pool of healing water, whom had been there many years, waiting. Jesus asks the man if he wants to be well, and the man tells Jesus, and I quote, I have no man to put me into the pool. <clears throat> While I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, and he did so. The sick man had gotten used to his infirmity over the course of many years. He had put his faith in man to help him into the place of healing. But like the world, but like the world will often do, <clears throat> everyone per perceived his weakness and took advantage of that to pass him in line. And advance themselves. Jesus told, Jesus told him to rise, which represents the state of his heart. The man was lying in the bed of his infirmity, which is less, which is loss of identity. So first, Jesus tells him to rise above his infirmity and into his identity as a child of God. Then he says, "Take up your bed or roll up the infirmity, which could be crippling thoughts, unforgiveness, or physical ailment." which means you aren't actively laying in it. It is neatly tucked under your arm where it won't slow you down. But it is there just enough to remember the lessons. And lastly, he said walk, which means walk out this life as a new creature and show his love by loving others as you are loved and helping others as you were helped. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden, they took on the characteristics of God's enemy. And like the enemy, they were cut off from love. We were born into that, cut off from, so we are born in need of love. We need affection and someone to value us. Unbeknownst to ourselves, we are born searching for the love of the Father many times in every place but his arms. Everyone has problem areas or an area of our greatest weakness. The Father will take this area of weakness and flip it to manifest the extent of his power for all to see. The enemy does his best to trick us into toiling and fighting these weaknesses on our own in a time-consuming, never-ending cycle. If he can keep us distracted long enough, we won't notice the Father in full gear standing by the bench, not sitting, just waiting for us to use the power of our own words to release him into the situation. <clears throat> Sorry guys, this one's kind of all over the place. These are like the last few excerpts from this notebook. and <laughs> They are not coherent. Please bear with me. <laughs> Little tidbits. Lust is fueled by deceit. The same as coveting or any other sin for that matter. The enemy attempts to draw focus from all the blessings that surround us to things or people that we can't yet have or don't need in our life at all. Love is the essence of God, and like everything that is pure and of God, there is a counterfeit version that is close enough to trick the unweary. This counterfeit is lust. Some characteristics are, sim are similar, like one's heart rate increasing or a kind of euphoria in someone's company but the difference between lust and love that shines the most is our motives lust is governed by self-serving desires 
if it will feel good to you and make you happy. Love, on the other hand, is driven by selflessness and what you can do to make the other person happy. What makes them feel good and know they are loved. And unlike love, which endures almost anything, lust will pack up and leave at the first sign of danger. So in assessing a relationship with others, first discern whether your motives are self-seeking or are of a loving, godly nature. This will hint to the nature of your relationship. Well, thanks for bearing with me on this one, guys. This has been Martin Transforming Revelation. I hope the rest of your day is blessed.